Let us pray. Uh, precious Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege we have to gather tonight to study your word. We trust you that you will teach us by your spirit and that you will help us and open our ears, open our understanding, that we'll understand the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so this evening we are part nine of our topic concerning the things of the Spirit. And we're considering really the gifts of the Spirit and the offices of the church. And so this evening we want to see again how these gifts are used by the Holy Spirit to fulfill God's plan for his kingdom, especially in the task of witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ and getting people saved. So but before we do that, we need to revise so we don't forget the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9, I mean verse 8. 12 Corinthians 12, verse 8, it says, For to one is given, for to one is given, I'm reading New Living Translation, okay, to one person the Spirit gives the ability to give. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit to another the word of knowledge. I think this is King James Version. I think it's King James Version. Can you give me King James Version, please? First Corinthians 12, verse 8, King James Version. For to one, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of the healing, or gifts of healing by the same Spirit, verse 10 to 11, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, verse 11. But all this worketh, that one and the same self, same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. So we see the Holy Spirit gives us as he wills. It's not something you go take. It's him that's manifesting through you. So you don't tell him what to use you to do. He, he uses you as he wills. But there are nine gifts of the Spirit we see here, and they're divided into three groups depending on what they do. The first one is the power gifts. They do something supernaturally. Gifts of healings. Gifts of healings because nobody has the gift to heal every type of sickness. You can, you can have gift of healing in one particular area of, of healing. Another person in another particular area of healing, you can have successes in blind, getting the blind healed. Another person can have successes in getting the lame walk. It's, it's just like that. So nobody has all the gifts of healings and heals everything. So gifts, that's why it's plural, gifts of healings, working of miracles, Working of miracles is different from healing. Working of miracles is creative, where something that wasn't there before, you know, God creates it. Something that you didn't have from birth, God brings, bring, it's called miracle. But healing is that something was working okay and it became sick. It became sick. So God, that thing which became sick is now restored to health. That's called healing. You don't heal something that wasn't there. If you are born without bone, you don't need healing. You need a miracle. So people should understand the difference between that because sometimes what needs a miracle, we're claiming a scripture on healing, 
It won't work. It's not going to work like that. If you are born with a deficiency, you don't need healing. What you need is miracle because you didn't have that. That thing wasn't there when you were born. So you need a miracle. So there is working of miracles, gifts of healings, working of miracles, and special faith. Now, this is faith that you have that the Holy Spirit manifests to you. It's not, it doesn't come from what you study in the scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Yes, faith, you can get healed, you faith for living, but this particular faith is what the Spirit impacts in you on the spot. And you do something beyond your faith, beyond your natural faith, and beyond your ability. Then the second one is the gift of revelation. These are the, the, the second group, the gift of revelation. They see or know things in the spirit realm supernaturally. One is word of wisdom that knows things in future, especially the will and purpose of God. This is the special area of prophets. They, they operate in this area a lot. You know, because they, they bring the will of God and the, and the purpose of God to the people. Prophets do that a lot. And then word of knowledge is that you know things that are past, facts that are past, and things that are present. Things that happened before, things that is happening now. Word of knowledge. Then um, word of... Okay, it's discerning of spirit. Either you see visions, what are called visions. Either night dream, or you have in the dream, or you see open vision, or you, you know... Or you are in a trance, but you see into the spirit world. There are different types of visions. You know, you can have a trance. Peter had a trance. You can have open vision where your eyes are open, your, your senses are open, you are seeing to the spirit world. Or you can have by dream, you are seeing to the spirit world. That's called visions. The three of them make up the revelation gifts that, is, that the Holy Spirit uses people to, to do. Then the third one is the inspirational gifts. They just inspire people. There's no revelation in them. They just inspire people. Inspiration gifts or the vocal gifts because they talk. One is uh, very easy. Well, we, can we can remember that. Simple gift of prophecy. Again, the simple gift of prophecy is not a prophet. But every prophet manifests that. But some people have it who are not prophets. But every prophet manifests that. A word of wisdom and another revelation gift. But some people have, in fact, Paul wants the whole church to prophesy because it's, it's, it's like um, God's uh, um, basket to prevent people from backsliding. You know, we need it a lot we need, because the enemy is fighting Christians. People pass through a lot. With this kind of gifting, people are restored to faith. People are strengthening their faith, encouraging the race, and we need it so much. So it's uh, called gift of prophecy. They speak to men to defy them, to comfort them, uh, and to exhort them. You know. Now, there's this gift of diverse tongues. You know, we talked about diverse tongues, the gift of tongues that when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you begin to speak in tongues. That is devotional tongues. It is purposeful. The purpose is devotional tongues. It's for, it's for praying. It's for praying. That's the main purpose. You use it to pray. You can have a, a, a message of tongues for yourself while you are praying, and you can ask God, He will give you interpretation of that. But the main purpose of this baptism of the Holy Spirit, I mean, the tongues you get at baptism, is devotional, is to pray. Now, there is the other tongues that you have, which you can use to give message in tongues to the church. Now you are talking to the church in tongues. Then you now need the gift of interpretation of tongues. Somebody has to interpret it, not, not translate it. Because some people do translation. That's not what the Holy Spirit said. He says, 
It's interpretation, which means you give the sense of what this person is saying. It's not to translate it word for word. No, there's nothing like that. It's interpretation. You just give the sense of this is what this person is saying. You just give it. So in this one, you have gifts of prophecy. You have diverse tongues, and then you have interpretation of tongues. So that makes up the gifts of the Holy Spirit that it uses the church to manifest. And there is the five-fold offices of the church. Ephesians 4, 11, King James Version, gives us the five-fold uh, five offices. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So we have, we have apostles, we have prophets, we have evangelists, we have pastors, we have teachers. These are the five-fold offices that the Holy Spirit calls people into. You don't call yourself into it. The Holy Spirit calls you into that. The Bible says no man takes this honor unto himself. So you don't call yourself into these things. It's unfortunate that a lot of people call themselves all these things. They don't have the anointing or approval of the Holy Spirit. And they're just doing whatever they like. Just messing up the testimony of the church. So but the Holy Spirit calls you into that and uses you in that office. It's, it's very important that you are called by the Holy Spirit because it's the one that will use you. You can go to Bible college. If you are not a pastor and go to Bible college, Bible college does not make you a pastor. If the Holy Spirit that calls you, he can send you now to Bible college. He can now send you. If you go to Bible college, that's not, the, that's not how you become a pastor. It's the Holy Spirit that calls you. You can desire to be a pastor and pray about it, and God will call you. But it's God that calls and anoints. Paul said, he that calls us and anoints us is God. So it's, it's God that calls and puts us in these offices and, and um, uses us. Now, let's see how these gifts play out in the ministry of the Holy Spirit on earth in doing the work of the kingdom of God, especially in the area of soul winning. Now, we do know that even from old times, that God has always, the signature of God has always been power. Has always been power. Always been power. People have abused it, but that doesn't change the the, the truth. It's always been power. God has always demonstrated his power to show people that I said this thing or I sent this person. He always done that and to show the reality of his kingdom. Because he knows we're human. He knows we're limited because we don't see, we don't see into the spirit world. We don't see God. So God helps us. He understands that we need to be helped to understand this thing that's so bigger than us, something about God, so, so far bigger than a human being to even begin to articulate. So God demonstrates the reality of God. God does this thing so can help us to believe. Remember the scripture said, these things were done so that you can believe. And the, Jesus said, except you see, we will not believe. Yes, because it's true that we're not supposed to walk by sight. But remember that before you became a Christian to have the spirit of God, you didn't have the spirit of God. So God will show you by sight so that you now believe and come and become born again. Your spirit will now come alive. So you stop walking by sight from that point on. And now start walking by faith. So God does these things to help humanity. He loves mankind so much. And will do everything that he can do to bring us to a point where we can believe him and accept his word and walk in safety and his blessings because of his love for us. So he has always done this in the time of Moses. Remember, he sent Moses with a message. He confounded with so many miracles. But Pharaoh would not listen. But look at what happened there. The magicians were trying to compete with him, which happens today. There are a lot of fake prophets, a lot of fake, doing miracles too, because the Bible talks of lying wonders, 
lying wonders was miracles. So they, they have, they have, the devil has always been trying to compete and do miracles and deceive people. Don't follow miracles. I'm begging you. You don't follow miracles. Don't follow names. Don't follow big names. Don't follow small names. Follow Jesus. Follow the Bible strictly. Follow the Bible and you'll be safe. In this last day, you'll be safe. So now, in Exodus 8.18, and the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lies. Can you imagine? Lies is upon them, and they too are bringing more lies. But they could not. See? They could not. So there, was, so there were lies upon man and upon beast. 19. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. It comes to a point where the devil acknowledges that this is the finger of God. I can't perform here. It's, it's, it's way beyond me. This is the finger of God. Remember that the same thing happened when Philip was preaching. Simon was a, a false, uh, a, a false uh, magician. He was doing all manner of stuff and then bamboozling people with the power of God. But when he saw what the Spirit of God was doing through Philip, he believed and was baptized. He gave up. He said, this is the finger of God. And if whatever you are, you can say it with me, this is the finger of God. That is the act of the Holy Spirit that distinguishes the kingdom of God from these inferior kingdoms that are all over this place. The kingdom of this world, the kingdom of men, authorities of men, and then the kingdom of the devil. The kingdom of God is far above them. And so they say, this is the kingdom of God, the finger of God, and Pharaoh's heart was saddened and hearkened not unto them as the Lord has said. Now look at our Lord Jesus Christ, our example. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned to Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. No, he was now baptized in the Holy Spirit. Remember that it was at Jordan that the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. So he now has, been, has received the Spirit upon, the Spirit upon. Before now, he wasn't doing anything. It's after this Spirit upon that his ministry really, really started. He wasn't known that much before now. But now after this, his ministry started, he was known all over the place because of what the Holy Spirit was using him to do. So, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 14. Luke 4, 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. In the power. In the power. Full of the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. When you are full of the Holy Spirit, then you are walking in the power of the Spirit of God. He said, in the power of the Spirit, into Galilee. And there went a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogue, being glorified by all. They saw the manifestation of the kingdom of God demonstrated by the Holy Spirit. A confirmation that this was a prophet of God. This was a man sent of God. His message was from God. They had never seen anything like this before. And then look at Acts 2.22. Ye men of Israel, hear this was Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. I'm going to talk about this. Amen. He didn't say God. Amen. Approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you, you yourself also know. Now, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he explained what happened. Why this sudden manifestation of this wonder, signs and miracles. In, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. See, the spirit of God is upon me. 
It's upon me, and that spirit upon me brought the anointing upon me, the empowerment to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me now to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What is making it possible? The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. In Luke chapter 4, verse 31, and it came to pass, he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days, 32, and they were astonished. That's what happens when the Spirit of God comes upon us. I'm not talking of the Spirit in us. I'm talking of the Spirit upon. You know, and then he says, and then, and then they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Why? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me. For his word was with power. 33. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Are thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. 35. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace. Come out of him. You know, I told you people, don't hold dialogue with Satan. It's foolishness. Don't do that. You, you, you are told to cast him out. We're not told to talk. We're holding dialogue with him. We're telling the devil, bring it on. That's bragging. That, he will deal with you. You have to cast him out in the name of Jesus. You have to resist him with the word of God. He wants you not to believe the word. You resist him. Throw it into his face. I say, I will believe this in the devil. Get out of here. You know, so, and then Jesus said to him in that verse, verse uh, Verse 35. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. Now, I see, sometimes when you deal with demonic spirits that even attacking you in sickness and things, when you deal with them, sometimes the symptoms get worse. Then you think they didn't hear you. They did hear you. Sometimes they try to fight back to, to, to discourage your faith. But you insist. And then you see that it really worked. So now, when he, they, he threw him on the ground, that verse, uh, the devil had thrown him in the midst. He came out of him and hurt him not. 36. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power, they recognized it. He commanded the unclean spirits, and they came out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. 38. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. And they besought him to, for her. And he stood over her, rebuked the fever, and he left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Now when, when the sun was setting, all they that had all any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. And he laid his hand on every one of them and healed them. And the devils also came out of men and crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. They said, That's the finger of God. That's the power of God. They recognize it. That's the power of God. And he rebuked, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak. Didn't say, Let's talk. No, no, you don't talk. For they knew that he was Christ. 42. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. See how the crowds that they're coming to the kingdom, that they saw the manifestation 
of the kingdom. Why? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for has anointed me. So we see various gifts of the Spirit manifesting, healings, miracles, various manifesting. And God was demonstrating, Jesus was demonstrating the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is here now. It's right here now. I'm here. The kingdom is Look at the kingdom. It's right here. Now, the Lord announced to them that this is the demonstration of the kingdom of God that is far superior to the reign over anything. Remember, I was supposed to really preach the kingdom. Supposed to preach the kingdom. He showed the reality of God through what his spirit was doing. The finger of God. They saw God at work. They saw God at work. Brethren, that is the real preaching. You preach the gospel, you demonstrate it, they see God at work. Luke chapter eleven twenty. He said, Jesus said, But if I with the finger of God, the same finger that the Moses the, the Egyptians saw, the same finger that this people saw, and said, This is the power of God. He says, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. This kingdom is here now. You see how superior it is to the demonic kingdom. You see how superior it is. It's dealing with all these works of Satan. That's what the church, that's what you and I are supposed to be doing. You and I are supposed to be doing this. That's what Christ wants us to be doing. So the kingdom of God is just world, 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 world. No. It's not a utopic something. It's a reality. Listen, they say that truth has relevance in reality. Truth has relevance in reality. And God produces reality. Christ is that reality. If you use his name to, get, to do things, they will say, wow, he's the Lord. If you tell people that this is phantom of the living watchers, if they come here and there's no church, that you tell them has no reality. Truth has relevance in reality, and God produces reality. Produces reality, because God is not a liar. Jesus is real. The name works. The blood is powerful. So the kingdom of God is not just things with imaginary living people with him. No, it should be, it should be concrete. Faith is a substance. It should be concrete, visible, discernible. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. See that? I didn't come to impress you with uh, knowing how to present my sum. Point one point. It's good to do point one. I'm not knocking that. It's wonderful. But what I'm trying to say is that it says, it's not with this persuasive word of human wisdom. I don't, it's not to persuade you to believe this thing. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Period. Verse 5. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men. You say, man, this guy preaches. Well. No, we say your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It should be in God. You see God do stuff. You say, yes, this is the finger of God. Christ is the power of God. In 1 Corinthians 4, 18. Now some are, now some are puffed up. No, you see them in many churches. Proud people think they know anything. Some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you. 19. But I will come to you shortly. If the Lord wills, and I will know. Paul, what do you want to know about them? Not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power that demonstrated. I want to see God's approval in their life. The power that Jesus Christ, a man approved of God. I want to see the same approval on them. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. That's why the spirit of Paul is critical. It's important. Without it, you can demonstrate nothing. You can't present the kingdom without it. You can do persuasive word. 
You can do argument, you can do anything, but that's not the way the kingdom works. It works by the power of the spirit. It works exclusively by the power of the spirit, not by whatever a man does. It works, only the Holy Spirit can reveal Jesus to man. It can't be by blood, can't be by flesh. It is only him. Romans 15, 18. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed. To make the Gentiles obedient in word and deed. Christ accomplished in word and deed. 19. What are the deeds? A mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and round about to Illicum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should be on another man's foundation. People, people just, just don't know what they're doing. They're looking for a church, you see, at the ground, find one, one, the next place and say, we have another church today. If you start a church where God appoints and you, you walk in the power of the Spirit of God, people go there. Jesus said, nobody comes. He said, my father, draw it in. It's not by manipulation. So the Holy Spirit instructed the church to get the Spirit upon. To get the Spirit upon. So in Romans 8, 9, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the, I mean, the, I'm not talking of the Spirit in us. The spirit in us is for life, for guidance. Not for miracles. It's for life and guidance. If you don't have the spirit of God in you, you are not born again. It is those who now have the spirit of God in them that can, are now qualified for the spirit upon them. You must understand this clearly. Don't mix it up. Otherwise, you miss the whole point. Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwelt in you. This one spirit in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if you don't have the spirit of God in you, you are not a candidate for the spirit of God upon you. So, and then we should seek the spirit of God upon, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We should seek the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of these gifts, because it's relevant for the assignment God Christ gave us. Now, the proper motive for seeking is not self-promotion or self-gain. So you say, I'm anointed. So people start to become, all of a sudden, you become important. God, will not, God, is not going to, God, God is not going to promote that kind of thing with you. You're on your own. Devils will help you out there. So it's not, it is, it is not for self-promotion. It's not for, uh, so my church will grow. People will come. It's not like that. That's not the purpose. It's not for self-aggrandizement. You'll get more money from people. Selling water, selling what you call holy water and all that kind of nonsense. It's not like that. That's not the purpose for it. That's not the purpose for it. So it is it's so that we can do the work that Jesus assigned us to do, which he did by the same spirit of God upon him. The spirit of God is upon me for his, he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal the sick. And Jesus said to us to also go and heal the sick. But he said, this spirit has to come upon us to be able to do this thing. We have to be conscious and committed to the assignment. Winning souls, very primary, that people are saved. People are saved. Very important. Compassion. For lost people who can end up in hell. That's why we should seek it, so that we do the work that he did. You know, that's the proper purpose for doing that. Again, remember that only 
the Holy Spirit can do this work. It's not by power, it's not by might, it's by the Spirit says the Lord. So the, church, the Holy Spirit says to us, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, full after charity and desire spiritual gifts. Desire spiritual gifts. You don't see this desire in churches. People are chasing dollars. Once the salary is okay, they, they are satisfied. They use the same standard that satisfies the world to live their life. The same thing that the world chases, and that's their satisfaction. A Christian who is ignorant of the real values of, of God is satisfied with that. That's all, he, that's all he's contributing to the kingdom of God. He's, he's, going, he's making money. That's all. Don't even give to God. Doesn't give to people. Just give people whatever he thinks he's giving them. And in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, I'm reading TPT, the Passion, the passion uh, Translation. It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts. It's good that you are enthusiastic and passionate. I'm talking of TPT, not twice. TPT. It is good that you're enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts. How many people are? How many really are? Paul said, not many people are concerned about the things of Christ. It's unfortunate. That a lot of people want to use God to make a woman get married. It's good get married, have money. But why don't we let God use us for the work of His kingdom? Seek you face the kingdom of God. Should be the proper way to do things. Seek you face, invest in the kingdom, your time, your life, and everything. After all, God brought you to this world. You didn't create yourself. So we should be enthusiastic and passionate about this. And so the work of God is done. It's not just pastors. It's for everybody. The Bible says this is distributed to the church as the spirit wills. But we need to be passionate about them. Then it says uh, pursue love. That's 1 Corinthians 14.1. Pursue the, the, the love and seek earnestly spiritual things. This is Young's um, literal translation. 1 Corinthians 14 verse uh, 1. It says, pursue the love and seek earnestly the spiritual things. Seek them earnestly so that you'll be very effective in soul winning, very effective in witnessing for Jesus. We cannot do this work without the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us. Even the Lord Jesus said so. Unless we are not interested in serving Jesus in this way. Acts of the Apostles chapter 1 from verse 4 to 5 and verse 8. I'm reading New Living Translation. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't go engaging this thing. You can't do it. You just cannot do it. In verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you Upon you, upon you, upon you, when it comes upon you, comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Then the Spirit of God will use you to reveal Christ to people in word and deed. In the gifting, he has chosen to use it to demonstrate. It's called the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. But you know there are some backsliding people. People who have titles, been there for years, they, they, they are, they only, they, the only credential is their title and I've been a Christian 20 years. It's worthless. Nobody wants that kind of stuff. They are backsliding because, you see, they will tell you, no, these things are not for these days. Why? Because they don't experience it themselves. 
They don't know it. They don't express it themselves. So they think arrogantly that they, God has set them up as anybody's standard. They are not anybody's standard. The only standard you have is Jesus. And they are not Jesus. The word of God is your standard. Jesus is your standard. Anybody pretending to be a standard is being motivated by demonic spirits. That's the same spirit that said, I will arise unto the hills of God and ascend. Those are the ones trying to ascend. Nobody. Nobody is ascending. They're just ascending on themselves. They'll tell you, oh, no, it's not for this days. Or it ended with the apostles. How can it end with the apostles when the Holy Spirit is telling the church to be enthusiastic about seeking this thing? When Jesus said, you need it to preach the gospel. How can anybody come and tell us that we don't need it? Who, where is it coming from? Look at what the Bible said about people like that. First Timothy 6, 3. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over meaning of words. They always argue and find them trouble. Verse this stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicion. Verse 5. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is a way, it's just a way to become worthy or become important, self important. I said it. Who are you? Said it. Who can you challenge the word of God? Second Timothy 3, 4. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. Sure. Religious spirit is the most dangerous of them bunch. But they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Stay away from them. Don't follow people because of title look, if I teach something that is not the Bible, don't believe it, don't take it. Why should you take it? Why? I'm not God. You do take it, don't take it. You know, don't follow the Bible. So our Lord Jesus Christ, our example, was ministering as the seed of the woman. He was a man. If he wasn't a man, he'd tell us to do what he did. How can we do what he did if he was God? We need to be God to do what he did. No, he was a man. And if he wasn't a man, he can't die for us. He can't represent us. He had to represent us because we are human. He had to be, he had to be our representative. God couldn't be our representative. He had to be a man to die for us, to be a man, to die for me. Give his life for me. You know, so he was born, he was a man. That was, that was why he was, he, was, he was anointed of the Holy Spirit. God is not anointed by God. In Acts 2.22, we saw that the Bible said, Jesus Christ, a man anointed of the Holy Spirit, approved of God and anointed of the Holy Spirit. It's a man. Let's read it, Acts 2.22, so we don't get confused. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man. They call him God. A man approved of God among you by miracles and signs, wonders and signs. So he was a man. He came as a man. That's why he was anointed. That's why he was anointed. So he's our example. If you, the, the scripture says he was a man approved of God. Then um, in Hebrew chapter 2 verse 14. Because God shouldn't are human beings. You see? Made of flesh and blood. 
the son also became flesh and blood. He has to be a representative. He became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Now the Bible calls it the days of his flesh, not the day of his spirit, the day of his flesh. Hebrew 5, 7. Who in the days of his flesh, 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 when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death was hard because of his godly fear. In 1 Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God, one mediator, God between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, sits, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. In Philippians 2, 6, though he was God, he was God. He, was, he did not think of, think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in the form, in human form. So he was born as a human being. So he, was, he needed to be anointed of the Holy Spirit. And then he also showed us example that, hey, follow my example. You wait until the spirit of porn comes. If it comes upon you, then he, you can now use you to witness for me. Now, let's see how the, 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 the gift of the spirit helps in evangelism to draw people to Christ. John 1, 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to the region of Galilee. There he found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. Now, Philip, Andrew, and Peter were all from the same village of Bethsaida. 45. Then Philip went to look for his friend, Nathaniel, and told him, we have found him. We have found the one. The one we've been waiting for. It is Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth, the anointed one. He is the one that Moses and the prophet prophesied will come. Then Nathaniel snared. <laughs> Like today, we have a lot of people who are snaring. Snared. Nazareth, what good thing could ever come from Nazareth? Philip answered, come and let's find out. When Jesus saw Nathalie approaching, he said, now here comes a true son of Israel, an honest man with no hidden motives, 48. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Nathaniel was stunned and said, but you never met me. How do you know anything about me? Jesus answered Nathanael. Answered Nathanael, right before Philip came to you, I saw you sitting under the shade of a fig tree. That is word of the sign of spirit. So I saw you. I saw you. I saw you, Nathanael, sitting under the shade of a fig tree. Nathaniel blotted. He blotted out. Teacher, you are truly the son of God and the king of Israel. See what convinced him? Is that the son of God demonstrated to him that God is God. This is my power. What he's telling you, what they told you is true. God confirmed that message that Philip gave them. He said, this is true. This kingdom is here. This message is from this kingdom. It's a different word. It's not the word of me. Nathaniel said, wow. 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 Teacher, you are truly 
the son of God and the king of Israel. No argument. See why God says pursue this thing. Now let's see how the uh, gift of tongues drew thousands to Jesus. Thousands, gift of tongues. Drew thousands to Jesus. Gift of tongues the first day. The first day. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3. And there, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And they sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Five. And there, there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, you see, the thing spread abroad. People had it. What did they hear? The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man had them speak in his own language. The miracle of tongues. His own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these quit speak Galileans? And how hear we? Every man is in his own tongue, wherein we were born. Persians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, and in Judea, Cappadocia, in Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, in Egypt, and the parts of Libya, about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, Arabians. We do hear they speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, what means this? Verse 13. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. 15. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, since it is about the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 18. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven, signs above, and signs in the earth beneath, and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord of the Lord come. 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that's the purpose of this thing. That's the purpose of all this demonstration. Whoever shall come upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 22. Ye men of Israel, hear this word. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and knowledge of God, you have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosened the pains of the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding by it. 
Now, Peter began to preach the gospel to them. Now, look at verse 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed this, shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended unto the heavens, but he himself said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy foes too. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the... He said, Repent, you, you receive this gift too, that you see us manifesting. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. This gift is also for you. It's also for you. But you have to repent first and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And they shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter said, Even this gift is for them. Verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, as even, even as many as the Lord God shall call. And with many other words, they did testify and they exhaust, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Then, they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Brethren, 3,000 souls. They saw what they never saw before. 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. See what it does? I had this in South America, one of these South American countries, an atheist who wrote so many books, antique Christ books, antique church books. And then the daughter went to crusade and got saved, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, came back to the house, was pray, was started speaking in tongues, and the father was watching this little girl. And then the, the language this girl was speaking was a language that he did, the girl didn't know. It's a language that is rare. And the father knows the language. That was how that man gave his life to Christ. I started writing books now in support of the gospel. The gift of the Spirit, very important. Very key. Demonstration of the kingdom of God, very key. Now, let's see how 5,000 were saved. Five. By special, the manifestation of special faith and working of miracle combined. You see how 5,000 were saved. Acts chapter 3. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man limb from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask arms of them that entered into the temple, verse 3, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked of arms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him, with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them, verse 6. Then Peter said, hey, silver and gold, I don't have, I don't have that one. I've not. But such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man didn't walk immediately. You learn about how faith works here. Faith is an action, brethren. Faith is an action. If there's no action, 
there is no proof you believe in the word you are speaking. It's that action that, 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 make, that brings reality to the fact that you believe in this word. The same thing with love. Love is an action. See verse 7. See verse 7. It says, it says verse 7. And let me start from verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I known. But such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. If Peter walked away there, the man won't walk. He won't walk. Because faith without works is dead. Verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Action. He said, I say walk. Lifted him up. Lifted him up. And immediately, that lifting up and leaving the man, that was what faith, that God saw their faith. And the power of God hit the man. God will never disappoint anybody that really shows confidence in him in any area, in any situation. It's not possible. So he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle, and ankle both received strength. But not before he lifted him up. Not before he lifted him up. Not before. Verse 8. And he leaping up, stooped, and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God, verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they, they knew that it was he which sat at, for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which was happening, which has happened to him. Remember, when they had those people speak all those languages, the Bible said they were amazed. Wonder and amazement wonder and amazement we are for signs and wonders that's what the scripture says not just church goers women sits we are for signs and wonders if, if you are, are baptized in the Holy Spirit you are carrying power verse verse 13 and verse 12 and when Peter verse 12 verse uh, 11 and as the layman which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Twelve. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why are you marveling at this? And why look at us as so earnestly on us as though by our power? No, it's the spirit upon. By our power or holiness, we, we had made this man to work. God didn't do this because we are, we are, we are special people. Verse 13. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up, denied him in the presence of Pilate, and when he was determined to let him go. You see, this act of the Spirit is to glorify Jesus. So people is to lift up Jesus, to reveal Jesus. So people will believe. Verse 14. But you denied the Holy One and the, and the just and desired the murderer to be granted unto you. And kill the prince of life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are now witnesses. We are witnessing through what we are telling you and what you are seeing that the Spirit of God is in. 16. And his name, through faith in his name, had made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him, by him, had given him this perfect soundness in the presence of all of you. This faith is by by him. Manifestation of special faith. By him. 
17. And now, brethren, I would that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. Chapter 4, verse 2. Being grieved that they taught, these are the <laughs> religious people. Being grieved that they taught the people pre- and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead, and they lay hands on them and put them in hold until the next day. For it was now even tide. How, how be it? Many of them which had the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. 5,000. The Holy Spirit glorified Jesus, revealed him as the living Christ. Not the, he's not in the grave, he's not on the cross. Living, alive. He said he's the prince of life. He's alive. He, he said he's walking. He's right here. He's, what he told you is true. He's, he's, not, he's not in the grave. He has risen. They were testifying that Jesus had risen. And the Holy Spirit, yeah, yeah. Demonstrated these things to, to show the glory of Jesus. Not to show the glory of your church or glory of your pastor, glory of any human being. It's for the, for, to show the, why? Because God wants people to believe in Jesus and get saved. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell or perish. And then God wants to help people too. Heal them, help them out. So look at verse, uh, let, let's go down to verse uh, 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, when they were asking him about what power you are doing of this, said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all, and to the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. 11. This is the stone which was set at naught by you believers, you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw, look at verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they didn't go to Bible college at all. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And 14, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Case closed. It, 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 it ends all argument. All pessimism. That's the end of the matter. God, yes, he demonstrates this thing so that pessimism dies. Now, you must, you must not allow the devil to stop you. Stop you from seeking this or telling you you are not important, you don't count. No, you count. You are important. Every Christian counts. Look at Second Second Timothy one says, "That is why I will remind you to stir up that rekindle the embers of flame, embers of fan the, the flame off and keep burning the gracious gifts of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, or craving and cringing and frowning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well balancement. So the fire, he said, this fire on you, you should, you should start it up. Don't be timid about it. If God has given you any gift, use it to the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Precious Father, I want to thank you again and give you praise for challenging us this evening to rise up to the level where you want the church to be, to be proof producers, to be people who are interested and 
passionate about getting people saved. Your means and method has always been words and deed, not just words. Not just words. Your kingdom presents in words and deeds. And the Holy Spirit performs all of this. Father, I pray that you help us to develop interest and be passionate about these things so that we too become vessels in your hand to fulfill your will for our lives. To fulfill you. Because we serve you through these things so that we do not deny you ourselves to use for your purpose. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.